0: Previously on, the Mortal Path.
1: Promise, I promise. Of course, yes. Okay, everything within our power. Okay, right. Okay, goodbye. I guess, bye, bye. And as he walks out, you can see the beginning of little tears in his eyes. He's not very good at goodbyes. I don't have, I don't have enough support for a direct attack. And even then, what am I going to do? If I kill her, what'll happen? Someone else will just
2: become a monarch or a queen. All right, I'll get you in. I'll get you in. No worries. But what's in it for me?
1: Well, you get to take down a fucking monarch. Isn't I'm that no down for
2: that. I'm down for that.
0: All right, fine. Yeah, it sounds good. My my voice is going to boom out. Oh. And I'm going to say, CVS is queen. And then draw my sword. And as I do, it bursts into flames. Oh, I think bright blue flames.
3: God. I'm going to cast message. Oh. And point at her. Oh. Only she can hear me. And I say, Eusebius is not the king. <laughs> oh!
2: Ooh. my god! Ooh.
1: and also Theodora and Remba, but you're in Jiren's room. And you have a dagger in your hands, very beautiful dagger, kind of like wavy edge blade, not quite sure what metal it's made out of, looks a little bit weird. And it has just said to you in a soft, gentle, endearing voice, Hello? He- hello? <laughs> <laughs> H- he- hello? Is someone there? Don't do the whole meme. you got to break from the meme at some point.
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hello. <laughs> You're a knife. <laughs> I see you've
0: played Knifey Spoonie before.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> the the dagger goes, a- 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 am I?
2: Yep. You seem to be anyway, as far as I can tell. I mean, I'm no expert at Knifey Spoonie, but you do seem to be a knife.
1: <laughs> oh, I... I can't see you, but I can hear you.
2: Well that's something. Now, here's a question. Uh why are you talking knife? Normally knives don't talk, as far as I'm concerned.
1: I I don't know. I just heard you. So I thought I'd ask if anyone was was there.
2: Yep, well, I'm here. Hello. Oh,
1: hello, <laughs> who who are you? Uh
2: Tao. <laughs> <laughs> Ta wo?
1: Ta wo It's nice to meet you.
2: Uh, have you got a name or are you just knifey?
1: No, my my name is Whooput.
2: <laughs> no. No, Yubi. You can't do this to me. Whooput Rupert Fuck I can't believe this This is an assassination attempt against me Ed Your beloved friend Who you, you have decided to kill In cold blood By taking my own My own My own character and using them against me
1: you everything you've ever asked for. You
2: have. <laughs> well. Ow. Ow. Nice to meet you, Rupert. Fuck.
1: <laughs> it's it's nice <laughs> to. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This voice. Well, just
0: is... a good phrase to have
2: on recording.
1: This nice. This voice <laughs> is nice. This voice is very hard to do while laughing.
2: Well, get used to it because you're gonna be doing it for a long time. <laughs>
1: It's nice to meet you. Can can you see me?
2: Yep, you're a knife.
1: Oh, <laughs> C- can you can you make me not a knife anymore?
2: Oh, uh, I don't know. Is there like a switch on this or something? Oh, <laughs> try and look for a switch. Oh god, a knife switch.
1: Make me an investigation check, please.
2: All right, here comes an investigation roll. Ow. On my nose. Eight. <laughs> I rolled an eight.
1: It does not have a switch.
2: Well, I'm afraid I don't think I can turn you back. This sort of seems just you know, how you are, I suppose.
1: Oh no, I don't want to be a knife.
2: Yeah. It doesn't seem great, really. I mean, I'll try and help you out later, but, but <laughs> I'll see if I can find a de-knifing. You know, I'm no, I don't think so. This is this is all a bit of new t- territory, really. I don't. Yeah. Sorry, I suppose. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but I don't really have a solution, I'm afraid.
3: Will you keep talking to me?
2: Yeah, sure. Why not? I normally talk a lot, so it should be fine. Things that Tary can definitely do. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. As you are looking at it. And as you kind of, like, turn the blade a little bit to catch the sunlight, you can see for a second this very faint impression of, like, a face in the blade. Almost like if the blade itself was, like, a really opaque or dirty mirror. And you can just kind of see, like, a face in it. And then as you turn out the sunlight, it's gone.
2: Huh. Where you from, Rupert? What's your deal?
1: I'm from Tempoin. And... I'm just from round here, and I. Last thing that I remember, I was playing by the cloud, and it all went grey.
2: Yep, that's the kind of clouds are sometimes. Uh, it's called rain. When what happens is the cloud goes grey, and then it then it rains.
1: Well, I think it just made me a knife. If I look like a knife.
2: What? That doesn't. Don't worry about it. <laughs> You're like. Sports? What what are you into? <laughs> I'm trying to make conversation here.
1: I I liked <laughs> Oh Christ! <laughs> <laughs>
0: this child has died and been turned to a knife and you ask him if it likes sports! I used to, but now I'm a knife! <laughs> I'm not good with kids, okay?
1: I I really like basketball. <laughs> Which canonically exists, thanks to there is no way out of this arena. <laughs> oh my god!
2: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a great sport. <laughs> Who's yep? see any good basketball games lately? Who's your team? Who do you who do you rep?
1: T- Temple and Tigers. <laughs>
2: Temple and Tigers. Great. You continue to talk to
1: Rupert in the knife. Is there anything specific like that you would like an answer from in the next sort of 20 minutes that you spend chatting away? Rupert is very keen to chat and will just answer anything that, that Rupert knows.
2: I'm guessing Rupert doesn't have any special knife powers.
1: Not that Rupert is aware of.
2: Fair enough. Rupert seems to have just
1: discovered that Rupert is a knife. So that's kind of like on their mind right now.
2: How long has it been since somebody spoke to Rupert?
1: Rupert tells you that they could sometimes hear like very distant conversations, but nobody has spoken to them in before they can remember. Just it's it's so long. They don't seem to have like a good grasp of time, really, or what that means, probably because they're some sort of sentient knife.
2: Well, s- <laughs> it's just how it is sometimes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> just how it may yeah. Sometimes
2: you wake up and you're a sentient knife, and that's just it's just that's just it, I guess. Yep. Yeah.
1: After about twenty minutes of holding on to this knife and talking to it, please make me a wisdom saving throw, Tara? Oh,
2: I'm gonna die. Seventeen.
1: Seventeen. Seventeen, okay. You feel this kind of connection mechanically, this won't mean anything to you, but mechanically you are attuned. Great. to Rupert Fuckth and you feel this kind of connection but it doesn't inspire any great feelings in you but there's definitely like something very very magical and very old there
2: now I feel like I should add Rupert Fuckth to my inventory but also I feel bad adding a I'm... person to my inventory <laughs> that's not doesn't feel good all, going all to in ma- all
1: I'm gonna make you I'll make you Rupert Fuckth and then you can equip him
2: <laughs> okay <laughs> or... sounds good
3: yeah, that'll be great. Just imagine what it's gonna feel like when you stab someone with him.
2: Yeah, that'll come later. Well, hey, combat in this game.
1: <laughs> hey, after another hour or so, there is another like very distinctive knock on the door—the same one that you heard Lua do the night before. Hey, you are the only one in the flat. It's like three in the afternoon. The rest of them are at class, and they've like let you just stay
2: over. Is there a peepee hole? <laughs> Pardon? A peephole? Is, t- is that what the word is? <laughs> like the little fisheye lens things? <laughs> it sure,
1: it's sure it's a peephole. <laughs> what <laughs> are you
2: laughing about?
1: Okay. I can't uh, tell. There is. Sure, there's a peephole. It's Lua.
2: Yeah, I'll... come on in.
1: You let them in. They give you this kind of like big grin and this kind of like hearty clap on your shoulder with their paw and they say how are you holding up
2: i'm pretty good i've been up some shenanigans this morning but don't worry about it
1: is that the shenanigans of you dying because that i heard that the alien died
2: oh yeah yeah that was the shenanigans yeah
1: and that was pretty amazing yeah you're looking pretty good for being dead
2: i got better (laughs) you (laughs) see
1: you sure did you got better very quickly i'm very Fucking impressed with how you did that. Is that another one of your, your fun alien technology tricks?
2: Yep. Resistance to death. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow, oh dear. Oh, this... Yeah. That's pretty fucking useful.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, it's a one-off. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. Uh, what can you do? Why did you blow it on that? Uh, I didn't want the magic. You know the person with... You've seen... You've seen her, right? She's got a sword in that. She's pretty scary. The Queen... No, the other one. The one who hangs out with the queen now. The queen's new friend. Oh, <laughs> the apprentice one. Yes.
1: Oh. Yeah, she's heckin' terrifying. You know, she's got a, like a flaming magic sword or whatever. I don't know whether... F- she came with you, though, right? Isn't she meant yeah, to I be... Yeah, I
2: know. Very scary. Isn't
1: she meant to be one of your friends?
2: Uh, I mean, I guess she flipped. <laughs> that hell. I mean, she did try to kill me. Well, that's no so good. I guess we're just not on good terms anymore. Well, well, what can you do?
1: Roll me either deception or persuasion. This is a tangled word.
2: I'll give it a deception.
1: Okay, your choice.
0: I think deception makes more sense there.
2: I think yeah. it does. That's uh
1: 15. Yeah. Lua kind of like gives you a little, a little look, but they don't really, they don't say anything about it. And then they grin wider and they say, well, I think I owe you whatever it was that you wanted. So you wanted some money and somewhere to stay. Is that right? That's yep. what we agreed on previously. And you're wanting to stay somewhere out of the way of the guards.
2: Yes, ideally.
1: Right. Well, I did tell you before that I live down in the tunnels and that you could stay with me. So how does that sound to you?
2: Sounds fine and dandy. Let's go.
1: Great. You know, oh, did they show you that they have a little thing here, you know, and Lua will walk over to the cupboard and uncover the secret hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah let's go. Let's tunnels. go. Okay. So Lua takes you down into the tunnels and when you get down there, they are whoa you've got dark vision ah it doesn't matter you can see um but they are they are unlit and Lua can also clearly see totally fine in the dark and they keep you quite close because they don't know necessarily that you can see in the dark so they just lead you around and after a little bit they get to this outcropping of stone and they turn back to you and they kind of say now it's your turn to trust me and then they step like through the stone
0: holy shit
1: and the stone isn't yeah and it's not actually there and and you being magical and knowing a little bit about illusion magic this is some kind of illusion to make this tunnel look like it's just plain stone
2: yep sure
1: they lead you through to this like place that's been hollowed out of some of the the stone right at the back it's this little like residence that has a couple of beds in it it's got these kind of like almost like bunk beds kind of carved into the wall and you can see that there is torchlight flickering at the far end of another tunnel and after a moment of kind of lure explaining this is where we can sleep they take you through to this um, common room like area and there are two other people sitting there one is a halfling and the other is uh, an elf And they both kind of like look up and look at you and they kind of have the same styling as Lua and they clearly know Lua immediately and um, Lua will lead you over and introduce you and start up a conversation.
2: Cool. I think Tara just chats to people, hangs out.
1: Yeah, they are part of the resistance and they are part of the same resistance that Lua is a part of. So they're kind of like that more kind of like radicalized type, like bring down not only the queen, but the whole monarchy. Wait, there are
2: multiple resistances,
1: uh, yeah, so they will then explain to you what we what falira explained in the last episode about there being okay. different people believing different things, so you now have that information, so add that to your general knowledge. um but they are the ones that are yeah.
0: like you're now in the loop. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. pretty good,
2: pretty good,
1: um, pretty good pretty good pretty good they also have a whole ton of the books and things that you took from the library and they are starting to decipher them because most of them are written in fact all of them actually are written in another language one that you can't read the same one that's in the book of costa
2: i feel like i might have left that one at the house
1: okay yeah we'll say that you did that's fine
2: by the house i mean at the house where nat is staying that house
3: yumi can you pick a random name from your list ermil Ermil. Okay, Ermil House. Okay, great.
1: So, they are still deciphering the documents, but what they have managed to work out so far, which is not very much, is that there is something in the Firemouth. They have some sort of cipher that they're using to decode it, but it's taken a long time, um, and they are talking about some plan that they want to make with these documents and what they're going to do with them. I'm going to leave you to think on that, to what tarot is going to add to the ideas of what the plan should be to do something with documents that they have um while we move on to nerium let's do nerium yeah cool it's after the speech after the speech
3: uh nerium pulls off back to the house fills her pockets and bags and as much equipment as she requires to put all mm-hmm. the looted items um Obviously, anything that's got like an obvious insignia or something on it, she's not going to take with her. Okay. Because that seems silly. Um, And
1: then I'm going to uh, head to the gem dealership. Okay. Are you also taking the art pieces from the Fallen City and things like that? Uh, Some
3: of them. I will say I looked through the art pieces that I have from the Fallen City and the most valuable thing I have is a necklace of small pink pearls which is worth uh two and a half grand
1: i'm gonna wear that okay
3: okay
1: okay
3: great so i have a very fancy necklace but yeah no i'll take a few bits and pieces from that as well okay head into and when i get to the shop i'm gonna i've got like an outdoor cloak on but when i get to the shop i want to flick my cloak back and make the big friend of the military orange
1: sign extremely obvious as i walk in (laughs) okie dokie are you looking to simply exchange items for gems for the gems that form the currency of this place yes yes okay so we're gonna we're gonna tootle on over this because i know what you want to do next and i want to linger on on that one um so you you head there they are very 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 nice to you especially with that military badge on show Well, I'm going to say I'm going to
3: start by putting down the items from the Swordwark Manor House, uh, Ermil House, that are worth approximately 15 gold. Okay. And I will ask to
1: sell those. Oh, They will do that for you, so you will get 15 golds worth of gems, basically, of currency in this currency. Excellent. The next thing I'm going to do is I'm
3: going to put down a uh, copper chalice with silver filigree and a carved bone statuette. Both are from Atanas Manor, and together they would cost about five silver. I am, however, going to point out that they came from an alien fucking planet. <laughs> okay. And are the only ones still existing in this world. Okay. And I'm a close
1: friend of the Queen's best mate. Okay, they will give you five... Actually, make me a persuasion check. Eighteen. Okay. Uh, yep. Yeah, they will give you five gold... For the both of them. Nice. Um, Five golden Gary gems. And I will smile uh, as if that is
3: very acceptable and reasonable and the right way of doing it. And then the last thing is that I will say to them, I will bring out two ceremonial electrum daggers with a black pearl in the palm worth 15 gold for the pair. And I will caress the pearl gently and point out that it was formed in the alien seas of an ocean planet. And it's probably the finest two pearls that this place we
2: will ever see stop okay. caressing your pearl in public oh, in, ed. Uh, I, I, you know what i just you know you ever know when you say something and then you just regret it and then you're just like well i guess can't it, believe um, it i
1: can't believe
2: God, it
0: ed please take your hoyness out of the show it's really
2: lowering uh, the tone i know oh, i'm sorry God, i
3: know isn't it outrageous gary and i have to put <laughs> up with this
2: you know i've let myself down here really you know i'm disappointed i'm disappointed <laughs> with myself um, i think
3: Okay. I'm sorry everyone. So, so they they are worth fifteen gold the pair, and I'm gonna try and get at least thirty.
1: Make me a persuasion check Ooh, with advantage. Okay, that didn't go so well. Uh that is uh fourteen. They will give
3: you twenty gold for the pair. I will ask them if they saw the Queen's speech that
1: morning. Yes. And they will give you twenty gold for the pair.
3: Okay, I will still talk to them uh, chattingly about the uh, Queen's speech and how impressive it was. And, you know, really, it's it's a great thing for the Queen that she has my close personal friend, Nat.
2: <laughs> you know,
3: the one with the flaming sword, <laughs> yeah. uh, who really is prepared to defend to the death the people that she cares about and has phenomenal arcane power at her fingertips.
1: Do, do, what are you trying to do here? Do you want to make an intimidation check for something? Yes, yes.
3: Okay. Not for any particular reason other than oh, next just to time be a dick. You give me the price I ask for. Okay. Yeah, just to be a dick. Just to say okay. next time you give me the price I ask for. <laughs> okay.
2: A sort of like post post negotiation like shakedown.
3: Yeah,
1: it's a power move. Yeah,
3: yeah, intimidation. Yeah, because I don't have anything. Intimidation. That's thirteen. Thirteen. They're not that scared.
1: They're not, and they also bring up the counterpoint that weren't you taken to the queen's place and then kind of promptly kicked out and maybe actually you know one of you was killed one of you's exonerated what's kind of gonna happen to you huh Is kind of the kind of vibe you get back from them you weren't there you didn't see me i kicked out i wasn't kicked
3: out i left also um i am very busy today and we'll see you later (laughs) goodbye okay you got some good money off god I did, however, get quite a yep. lot of, um, and I presume that when we say gold, I can
1: convert that directly into blood. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you just convert that straight over. Put them in your equipment as per norm, and we will just know that they are nice little gems and not gold or silver or copper pieces. So next on your list. And then I would like to
3: head to see Findex, but on the way there, I'm going to go past um, some bakery or something and pick up some chocolates or baklava or something nice. Yep,
1: you do that. You get a very nice selection of
3: small tea cakes. Yay! And then I will go to the barracks. Now, if I stop outside the barracks, Mm -hmm. because I've seen that
1: gateway before.
3: Yep. (laughs) Does it look like I can walk up to somebody and flash my badge and say, I'd like to see my friend?
1: Yes, the doors are open. (laughs) There is somebody behind a reception desk of sorts. It's a badge, Gary. (laughs) Yep. Sorry. Yep. There's reception desk. (sighs) Listen, hey. Didn't say anything. Reception desk person. Dwarf behind the reception desk. You are led to the same cupboard room. Wait, have have you visited Findex yet? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. You are led down a corridor to a very, very, very small room. It is like Harry Potter cupboard under the stairs type room. There is a single bed and Findex with one leg all done up in plaster is sitting there and Findex is howling and sobbing and crying as you are shown in. Um, And the guard just kind of like rolls his eyes and leaves you with Findex (gasps) who is just kind of Inconsolable. I run
3: in, I put the cake down somewhere it's safe, and then I go, Findex, Findex, what's the matter? <laughs>
1: Do you need payment? <laughs> oh.
2: oh, Yeah. N-
1: well. cool.
3: <laughs> Findex,
2: don't Findex. snitch on me. Findex,
3: my poor baby. I'm so sorry. Listen, listen. Listen to me, do you trust me? I uh, don't.
1: Uh, no. Are you going, okay. you're here to kill me?
3: <laughs> no. No. Listen, I think Taro's in a safe place now. <laughs> Just like floods of tears. And um, you might want to consider that we survived that whole city, didn't we? The four of us. We were okay. So, yeah, don't want to say too much out loud, obviously. Think about it.
1: <laughs> Are you saying that it turned that evil and that's why she killed him? No,
3: no, no. Nat's stronger than that. You know us better than that. We're all exi- pretty much as we were. Got different things on the boil, but we've all got plans in place. And when I say that, I mean all of us.
1: I don't... Understand
3: really what you're <laughs> Right, saying. hang on, hang on, hang on. Deep breaths, deep breaths. <laughs> Calm down. Right, I'm going to tell you something. You are the only going to be the only person who can hear it, and I need you not to react too loudly when you hear it. All right? Oh, okay. And I cast message and I say, Tarot isn't dead. He's hiding. Where, where, where did I cast message again? And I say, that's the thing with hiding, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh i love you tarot but <laughs> <laughs>
2: nobody loves tarot know things
1: make difficult a... stupid <laughs> make me a persuasion check with advantage please oh good christ right that that dice
3: is going away because that's that's better uh with advantage
1: that's 22 okay after a moment you catch his breath findex will like fling his arms around you <laughs> and like you know like like ho- yeah like kind of hold you very close before kind of letting go with oh sorry that's all sorry right.
3: sorry have some cake thank you yeah i didn't know what your favorite was so i just sort of got a selection now findex is this where you've been staying since we left you in this little tiny cupboard
1: Yes. Is that normal? No, there's usually the barracks but they wanted to, to talk to me about the fallen city and get a layout and everything so they kept me close Right, but have you told them
3: anything? Are they confident that they've pumped you for all the information they can get?
1: I think so, except that there was a speech today and Nat showed her magic oh. so now they have more oh, questions bugger. for me about it if i knew and things i don't really know what i should be saying anymore uh, mate you and me both um
3: where do you, what's the name of the chap who's in charge of uh finding this information out from you
1: it was captain mayhem yeah but some things i haven't seen them in a few days so i don't know where they are i think they're on vacation where Digitalo? I really hope they're on
2: vacation. Yeah. they deserve it. <laughs> they, they've they've gone to a, a yeah. troll farm upstate.
1: Yeah. Okay, <laughs> they're um they're joining Tara with the in a safe the, place. In a farm in the sky. Shall we say? <laughs> yeah. Um, Colonel Walton has been asking Colonel me questions. <laughs> that sounds like. Uh, hang on, your military's weird. Is that
3: more important than a captain?
1: It goes private, corporal, sergeant, ensign, lieutenant, captain, major, colonel, and then the, the <laughs> generals are for the the special titles. I have it written down on Where my notes here so go? I never forget. <laughs> oh, they're special, they're the ones who've done a service for the queen. <laughs> wow, Findex, that's very informative, thank you. Ever since I got called out on it once, I've kept a very strict <laughs> note of it. Always in view uh, for ten uh, Well, you know, that's very important. Learning human you <laughs> is very
3: important. Uh, can I d- I'm i just going to pet his head for a minute.
1: Uh,
3: now, Findex, you've been getting plenty of rest here. I just wanted to ask you, have you had any funny dreams lately? Oh,
2: God. What? What, <laughs>
3: what, what do you well, mean? Well, specifically dreams where uh, two beings of some sort of power talk to you about your purpose in the world.
1: Like my parents? Uh, it's <laughs> probably <laughs> more powerful than that, actually.
3: No disrespect to your parents.
1: <laughs> no, I don't think so. I've had a few about my parents, but not... What?
3: Have your parents visited you here? No. Is
1: there a reason for... Are they not allowed? They live in Tullope. Oh, right. It's it's far for a visit. Have you been able to contact them? They sent a letter. I haven't heard back yet, but it, it will take a while to get there and, and back anyway. Right, okay, cool. Um... Well, I should probably I can't stay that long. I'll stay for as long as I can because I okay. don't think
3: you've had many visitors, have you? Nat came by. Yeah, but have you got any like friends from the regiment or whatever it's called that have visited you? When
1: they when I heard that when I heard what happened to Taro, uh, uh, some people came to tell me it again, but that's it. That's it. Y- yes.
3: Right. 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 Well, why don't you make yourself comfortable? I'll fluff your pillows a bit for you and uh, tuck you in and you can eat some cake and I'll tell you all the things that we've been doing since we got here. And I'll do that just for like an hour or two. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Um, okay. If I know that Nat has any appointments that she's like going to go and see the queen or whatever, then I need to be back before that because I want to have a quick word with her. But other than that, I'll stay for as long as I can.
1: Okay, you know that Nat is indeed heading out to the Eternal Labyrinth at some point later today. And so you have a set time for that so you can get back home to, what was it? Ermil House before that happens. Yeah, okay, cool. Should we do that then? Yep, you leave Findex feeling clearly much happier, Cake, and the news that Taro is not somehow dead has done wonders for his spirit. God, um, he was really sad, you guys. <laughs> I had to tell him. <laughs> And uh, you head back to Ermo House, where Nat is.
0: Yeah, I'll do Alice Wheel.
1: Make me an Arcana check with advantage, please.
0: I'll use two dice at the same time.
1: Oh my god.
0: Because I'm a baller like that. Oh, this is good. (laughs) Oh, good. Oh, that sounds good. That's a 20.
1: 20. Okay, so you spend a couple of hours after the speech really getting into this Alice Wheel. And you are pretty sure you have worked out exactly what it does. So, the Alice wheel has six buttons on the front of it. And when you press one of the buttons, which are labelled as you can read, one to six, it teleports you either 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, or 60 feet in a direction that you think of. And it will put you in an available space if there if if it can you get the feeling that if you try and like go 60 foot into the ground, you will die deeply horrible deaths.
0: Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) So it's not going to, it won't just like continue you through to the end of the obstacle, but it will teleport you and it will try and put you in like a safe space to stand because it's made of like two discs that are kind of um, pressed together. When you separate them and you put one on a wall, that is less than 60 foot thick it will teleport you to the other side and kind of set a key point so you can put it on the wall of the sitting room press the button teleport into the kitchen and then if you walk all the way up to the bedroom and press the the same button you will go back to the original point that you put Ah. on the wall you're not Yeah, you're not sure how far the range on that is. You also remember when you were in the dreamscape, you saw Dexa kind of using it for these ways. You also know from your previous experiments that at least on mirrors, you can teleport into and out of mirrors with it. Mm -hmm. So rather, it won't put you on the back of a mirror. It will put you in a mirror, but it will flip you to other sides of walls and windows. But mirrors, it'll put you right in it.
2: Wait, what the fuck?
1: Well, you got trapped in it, remember? Because you pressed one of the buttons and got yanked into it. Oh <gasps> Does everyone have goatees? What?
2: I thought that was like a special case. If this is just, this is this opening yeah. up a whole new like. Oh, okay, this, this changes a but lot. Does
1: everyone have goatees? And what? it's evil. I've never seen Doctor Strange. I've, I've clearly, I'm no, just a genius. No, not <laughs> Doctor.
2: This <laughs> is oh, wild. Oh my
1: God, you philistine! <laughs> I thought you just said it was Doctor Strange. No, it's Star Trek. Oh, I thought you said Doctor it's Strange. Star Trek. I'm sorry. I've never <laughs> seen Star Trek either.
0: I imagine I've been throwing rocks at this thing. Okay. And the rocks have been traveling. What?
1: Yeah, sure. Oh. You... So there's rocks in all our mirrors now. You. <laughs> You've just got like you can only see them in the mirror, and you can't get them back out because unless you go in there, I guess, and like bring them out.
2: <laughs> I leave the house for one hour. <laughs> so, so in this. In this world, light does not reflect off mirrors. Mirrors are separate places. Oh, the
1: Alice wheel makes them so. The Alice wheel, to get real technical, has the ability to turn mirrors into pocket dimensions. Oh, wow. Holy shit, that's a lot more powerful than teleporting. Yes, it's very powerful.
0: <laughs> does the pocket dimension stay there once the mirror is... Sorry, once the Alice wheel is removed? Ooh. Uh, why don't you try it? Roll
1: me a d20. Seven. You get some rocks into the mirror... And then you take the Alice Wheel uh-huh. off the mirror and the mirror ksh, shatters and the rocks fall out. Oh. So if you oh. leave stuff in the Alice Wheel, you will or if you leave something in the mirror, it will break. And you did see, as you do that, you do remember seeing all the glass on the sides of the buildings in that dreamscape shatter and Axon somehow pull himself out of the shards of glass that were lying all oh, around. Shit, yeah. yeah. Almost as if I had planned this.
2: This is a good place to hide. We can go hide in the mirror world. Well, no, because it'd be really dangerous too.
1: Yeah, you do know that being in the mirror world is very bad, Taro, because you you were trapped in it for a while, and I mean you're not here knowing this, but but it it, it was you kind of had like a couple of like five foot space to move in. It's not a great place to be for a long period of time. Do the rocks look okay now? Oh, sorry.
3: Cool, cool.
1: What the yeah. look like
0: now nah. Well, I think you've probably come home and you've just seen this uh smash mirror. <laughs> yeah, I
3: gone The fuck are you doing to the mirrors?
1: Hello and welcome. It's me, Yubi, your DM, here to say, as always, hello! And thank you for listening to our show, as silly and wonderful as it continues to be. Thank you so much. Thank you to everybody who has gone out their way to leave us a review, to tweet about us, to write a Tumblr post about us. It means so, so much to us. If you have a moment, I know I harp on about this every time, but if you have a moment, if you have an device, if you feel like hopping over to iTunes and dropping us a cheeky review, we would be so, so grateful. Thank you so much to everybody who's already done it. Only takes a second and it means so much of us because of all the weird iTunes algorithms that mean that more people will listen to our show, which is great and also terrifying but mostly great. So thank you. Thank you to everybody who tells people about us, who engages with us, all the people on the Discord who are incredible, who do so much. Um, also, definitely 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 check out that discord by the way uh you can get to it by i think if you just search on twitter like hashtag the mortal path and you go by recent i think there's a recent tweet with the link to it it's wild there's a lot of stuff in there including um a whole lot of like choose your own adventure games that people are running i've got a little behind the scenes channel bit in it there's all sorts of like fan art and like fan theories and it's very good so you should check it out Um, Yeah, thank you so much for all of your support. We absolutely love you. We adore it. We are so grateful, so blown away and so humbled by it. So thank you so much for all the energy and the effort that you guys are putting in because wow, thank you. Speaking of energy and effort, we have a Patreon now. Very exciting. So, to get to our Patreon, all you need to do is to go to Patreon and look up the Mortal Path, or one word, or go to the Mortal Path. So, what it is, is each of us is writing content for it. We've got a whole lot of different things. We've got like diary entries. Do you remember really early on? Natalia was having her diary read by nerium We have diary entries. um We have like accent stats I put up. We've got maps coming. We've got music. We've got a whole lot of like behind the scenes content. Most of it will be released to the general public eventually. I think there's usually about a month time stamp on it. So we're really, we don't want to put anyone behind a paywall. There are some things that might release uh, on the Patreon, but then only release when they're like fully complete. Like if we decided ever to do something um, on the Patreon that was podcast like, but that would then be released in full, but maybe like way more than a month later uh, and there might be some like little things that that are patreon only but they'll be very small things like polls and questionnaires and and things for the tiers uh but most of the content will be unlocked after months so you do not have to um subscribe or or patronize Patreonize us um but if you do it really helps support the show we are all kind of you know trying to live our own lives and we do this out of absolute love but everything goes towards things like uh hosting bandwidth um things so we can commission more music we can hopefully look into um paying transcribers for the episodes all sorts of things so if you feel like checking it out go and check it out at least give it a follow because then at least you can see the posts when they become unlocked for everyone so go check it out there's a lot of very cool stuff on there and like i said we're all doing things so it's super super exciting I want to say, of course, also a huge thank you to our wonderful friend of the show, Rachel Graff, and her wonderful music, the amazing opening theme that we have had for very many episodes and that I love. It just like every time it plays, I get pumped, like every time. And it's been like two and a half years almost now, or a year and a half, a long time. I can't do maths or years, but it's great. So you should check out her website at Rachel Graff, that's G-R-A-F-F for Graff dot com. Check it out. It's so cool. She does all this awesome other music. She's got a band camp. You can find that on her website. Go and check her out. I also want to say, of course, a huge thank you to my man, Orion, who is doing our transcripts, who also is like the mod on the Discord. He's just an all-round swell guy and he's fantastic. He puts a lot of work and effort into it. So, thank you so much for all of your hard work, your effort, and everyone else who has done transcriptions for us melon lord i believe did one i believe there's another one in the works like thank you so much to all of you it is amazing we are so so grateful i'm gonna try and keep this like short and sweet so i'm gonna let you get back to this episode because my god things are about to get really wild
0: I just, I, I was experimenting with magic. This wheel, boy, this is a wheel and a half. What's it do? Well, as far as I can tell, it establishes pockets, dimensions and mirrors. And they can also teleport you between 10 and 60 feet. Um, but you wouldn't <laughs> want to do it through a, a hard material. Or you might get stuck there and die a horrible death.
3: Well. Wow. Wow.
0: So how was your morning? <laughs>
3: I, do you know what it was absolutely fucking tragic <laughs> I've got to talk to you about this because he's awful um, someone told Findex Taro was dead uh, yeah. Oh, yeah yeah. that went about as well as you might expect yeah. um, he was absolutely distraught I kind of told him Tarot isn't dead but I did it like via message so nobody else heard me okay. however I had a thought now I was reminded this morning when I went to a shop that I am not quite as persuasive as you so I wondered if I could ask you for your help on this. Um, what if, me being very small, you said, and, and obviously, in the Queen's eyes, broadly useless, uh, you said you would like Findex to recuperate at our house as, as my like, bo- our bodyguard and protector? Because they've got him in a cupboard.
0: Oh, that's a very good point. I'm, I'm not sure it'll make sense if we say he should recuperate as our bodyguard.
3: Well, no, but like he can recuperate here and like be, co- come. I don't know how long it's going to take for his leg to get better. I was expecting it to be sorted by now, to be
0: honest. We could say that because Findex saved our lives in the city. Yeah. That we would like him to, to stay with us. Yeah. Yeah.
3: To ultimately be our bodyguard or whatever once he's better, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you could swing that? Because I think you'll be better at it.
0: I, I, I'll try. I, I don't. I don't think she'll refuse me. I think she'll. Uh, now, I like Findex, but I think Queen Eusebius will see Findex as insignificant, and so she won't really care what happens to him.
3: <laughs> yeah, like me. That's what I was hoping. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good. I, he really is in a cupboard. He's got. I don't think anyone's visited him except you and the people who came to tell him that he's somebody you knew was dead and his parents live right over in Telobe he's not seen anyone
0: Aww.
3: I know, I felt really bad and he missed yeah. Tara's birthday party as well didn't he Yeah.
0: yeah. still feel a little <laughs> bad about that one
3: I mean, I don't think you can blame yourself too much but given the circumstances yeah, I shouldn't worry too much Um. also, uh, you may not need this but I've got ready at this point um I know you've got the queen's ear and stuff But if you want a bit of pocket change Then here you go And I'll give Nat ten gold
0: Oh, well, thanks very much, Neri.
3: Okay Yeah, well, I mean, you know You've got to have a bit of currency on you
0: Might be helpful to grease the wheels
3: There was something else I was going to ask you as well And I've just completely got it out of my head Oh, yeah um, You're going to the firemouth Yes Do you want me to come with you? Just in case she gets any stupid ideas, like, if I sacrifice Nat to the Fire Mouth, I can absorb her powers or anything crazy like that.
0: I, I think I'll be okay, Neri.
3: Well, I'm sure you'll be okay. Um, you're more than capable. It's just, you know, did you want me there?
0: Uh, no, it's, it's okay.
3: Well, okay then.
0: I mean, if if you want to come.
3: No, not if I'm going to be in the way.
0: Oh, I, I don't know how to... Live
3: there. Anyway, um,
1: cup of tea i'll go and put the kettle on okay cool now you have your pass for the eternal library so you worked out the alice wheel you have read some more of the book of costa the book of costa is quite difficult to read because it is entirely nonsensical it is a collection of things that the scythe has said that contain the word costa what you do get from it, which is a little bit what you got from, from before, is that Costa is the name of some kind of tavern or some kind of inn. You also get the feeling that it is somewhere on Alfarlan. Oh, And the reason for that is because you find one phrase that mentions the dozen. Oh! Yeah, and it says something about the dozen uh, meeting in Costa, <laughs> <laughs> Costa cost.
0: it is their hideout it's in plain sight <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> got a loyalty card <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, it's, as good. it's the Queen's lanyard <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's still the fuck
0: up. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they've got one of those Costa reward cards. They
2: just they can fill it up yeah. twice in one visit. Yeah. Spoilers, secretly secretly this entire podcast is set in modern times just in the countryside. <laughs> if you've never been to the countryside in England, this is what it's like. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Um. Okay. Can you please also roll me an investigation check, Gary?
0: Okay. Wh- where am I? Am I in the labrys? Am I going to the labrys? Or am I? This is just the Costa book. No,
1: you're. This is this is about the book of Costa. This is-, this
0: is my favorite book. It's it's a key book. It's a it's a star book. <laughs> okay. Thirteen. Unlucky, just like this segment.
1: Thirteen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. There is also. There is one phrase that you come across that strikes you as out of place because it says, "It says here, Cantarosh Costa. Is that someone's name?" And that's all there is to that sentence.
0: Cantarosh Costa. Cool. I'm gonna um, head over to the labrys lanyard in hand.
1: So you are let into the labrys. You are shown through the general rooms in in the library so the queen is not there yet and you are you have been told that the queen is going to meet you there in like an hour or so but you have like an hour in the general library before you meet her i would like you please to roll me a investigation check for information within the library
0: oh that's a seven
1: Uh uh-oh a seven okay uh i will answer two questions for information that you find so you can ask me a question and i will answer it as directly as possible if that information would be contained in the library rather than me tell you a list of things that you may or may not be interested in
0: why are there only three skeletons
1: the skeletons crumble after a period of time there is some sort of disease maybe that will occasionally take one and they kind of their bone becomes like all pitted and they start to kind of like crumble away into this this like cloudy ash. There doesn't seem to be any real knowledge as to why or how, except that there is mention that of all the ones that have crumpled, they have been to the lake. Oh. Yeah.
0: So their deaths are related.
1: <laughs> oh.
2: oh goodness gracious. <laughs> Okay. Ed what was that noise you just didn't know. I sort of led in to say something and then I was <laughs> like, maybe I should laugh instead. But I couldn't really make my mind up. And then I just I just made a little noise, I guess. <laughs> <'Cause, what? laughs> I did a little bit, yeah. I guess I kinda squawked a bit. Yeah, I... You know what? Sometimes you do. <laughs> yeah, it's just how it is, I suppose. <laughs> okay. Is
0: there anything magical about the fire mouth?
1: Ooh. Okay, in the general library area, you find an account of when the two sides were thrown into the vo- the the firemouth. So you know that magical things have been placed within it. You also find a record from maybe like 75 years before now that a cloud uh, sorry that a group of cloud gurus had replaced some of the relics. Back into somewhere in the Firemouth for some reason, but it's unclear as to why or or where. You don't find anything saying that the Firemouth itself is magical, but it does seem to have magical things okay. in it or around it. You also know that Eusebius did somehow manage to pull out the two sides from it, and you have seen in her room, and from what you're reading and what you're piecing together, she has a device which is spherical with a uh, tube coming out of it that you have seen that you know plays some music and you know that it belonged to a prophet called keely keelan and you find like an account kind of mentioning her and that she had something to do with the cloud but it's kind of talking like describing the object and you know that a it was placed in the fire mouth 75 years ago and that eusebius now has it in her in her Magic room. You also know that Felira told you that she had suspected that Queen Eusebius had recovered some relics, and you have seen them, okay. basically.
0: So the general idea is Firemouth not magical, relics have been hidden or sequestered in the Firemouth, and Eusebius has received the retrieved these relics.
1: Yeah. And you're not sure, like, where they've been put. It seems like the sides were dropped into the lava, but maybe the relics weren't. And you're not sure how Eusebius got them out. But you do know that Eusebius has burn marks Hmm. from her fingers all the way up to her elbows. All right. You also know that lava is hot enough to melt someone's, like, arms off. So you don't necessarily know if she, like, put her hands in the lava, so to speak. But she is burned.
2: Lava hot.
1: After about an hour, there is a great fanfare and all the students in the building are kind of like ushered out or at least ushered up to the second floor where there are like private study rooms and you are brought down to the 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 entrance room which is very weird to you because there is a hundred foot drop which is lined with all the seed libraries there are like two tapestries on the walls and then there is a door just kind of like on the wall on the other side you've never seen anything like this before you have no idea what's going on in this room except that one of the clips i look
0: across at the door and it seems oh that's rather inconvenient
1: yeah uh one of the clips on the tapestry you get a weird little ding of like like an ab like an absence of magic so strong that it's like more noticeable than just normal things but eusebius is dressed in this kind of like simple red tunic that goes like down to her knees. It's belted round her middle and she has like this like long kind of like flowing cloak after her she's not dressed up like she was for the speech or like when she's in the throne these clearly are like more comfortable to move around in these are clearly her studying clothes of some kind uh, but she does still have ardell and the two sides so she's still got the sword and the two sides and regal sweatpants she will <laughs> yeah exactly it says juicy across the book. They say queen on the ass, but with a yeah, but with a W. <laughs> no, they do not do that. No, but that's an image and a half that I will be thinking about for a long time.
2: By the way, curtsy, my queen. Standard, yep. Got to keep that one up.
1: She gives you like a little smile and she says, "So, have you found what you're looking for?"
0: Not yet. There's such a wide variety of books here. It would it would take a lifetime to study all of them. <laughs>
1: It would. You haven't even seen the best ones yet. She pulls out from, like, one of the pockets in her robe a magical wand. And you have... Have you seen a magic wand before, Nat?
0: Have I encountered a wand before? No.
1: No. She pulls out a stick.
0: Okay.
1: Um, a very magical stick. Oh shit, that's a magical stick. And uses the wand that disables the anti-magic clip. And then she kind of, like, tucks the one the back away. And as the tapestry is, like, falling to the ground, she goes, Costa. And it pfft, flattens out and, like, rises to, to meet you at the edge of the balcony-type thing. She steps onto it and then, like, gestures for you to follow her.
0: My queen, this is amazing. And I, I'll tentatively step.
1: It's It's, like... It's kind of like standing on a foam mattress. It's like hard enough that you can stand on it, but there's like a squish to it, which is disc, 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 uh, which is unsettling when you are now 100 feet up in the air. She like looks back over her shoulder and she goes, yes, one useful thing that Demetrius left behind a long, long time ago. And she will kind of like guide it forward to the door and she opens this door that you can see now has a plaque on it that says Costa the same one as the book and she will step inside and take you into this inner sanctum of very very good books
0: my queen thank you for showing me your inner sanctum
2: (laughs) oh my god the ship is good but i can't take this (laughs) i can't cope
0: Um, (laughs) what what is what is what is costa
1: she looks back over her shoulder and she says, It's some old password. It was one of the first things the side said, so it was used in creation of various things. I see. I don't expect you'll be able to read any of these. They were written in some cipher, but I will translate a few documents for you.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just going to let her read the book to okay. me. Okay.
1: You can ask two more questions that you think information would be in here. So, like, more specialized information. She will, like, help you find the documents and will, like, translate them with you. If you couldn't already read them, this would be a chance to, like, learn the the cipher. Because she's clearly going to, like, try and teach you it a bit. Uh, but you can already read everything, so you don't actually need it.
0: Okay, so two questions
1: the impression that you do get is that although she is incredibly violent and bloodthirsty she is also very smart at least in these kind of bookish ways and she clearly has like a deep love of studying and learning and she has like her own like notebooks and notes she's got like very neat handwriting like there is clearly a a sense of joy that she gets from doing
2: this what you're saying is this is a date (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it so is. It's a study it date. So is. Yeah, it's a bit of a date. She's into you nut.
2: Man, I hate to ruin this.
1: I can see what's happening. <laughs> yes, sorry. When is Kayo due back? Okay. She is definitely interested in why you are interested. Kayo is due back in about a month. Okay. Anywhere from a fortnight to a month is is where is when it's due back.
0: Our jackals known about
1: the jackals are a real creature and they are a creature of some kind
0: do the people of tembran have they heard of jackals like is this going to be a really weird question to ask
1: oh no they've heard of jackals because it's it's in the history that there okay, was a cool. war with the jackals
0: okay yeah and that case, the question is what were the jackals?
1: okay so the jackals were some kind of creature but there is a record you find that talks about the expunging of data from public knowledge and the reason given for that in the in the article that queen Eusebius finds for you because she actually has one pretty much on hand um which tells you a little bit more about what she's been looking into is that they are linked somehow to the magical happenings in tenbron which include the cloud and include some events that happened 150 years ago, before the Endless Knights, right after the war, right after the war with the Jackals, before the Endless Knights came. They are a humanoid-esque creature, and they had some great ruler. And the, you don't know anything about this ruler, except that it was described as serpentine.
0: Ooh, serpentine.
2: Mm-hmm. No.
1: <laughs> it's oh not my Yu-Gi-Oh! god! I suddenly realised.
2: Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh.
1: It's not Yu-Gi-Oh.
2: <laughs> oh come on! Oh, I thought it was gonna be you, Guy the Snake King. Who else is it gonna be? No. Oh.
1: <laughs> there is no name appended. Everything <laughs> you've ever wanted, Ed. There is no name appended to this record. <laughs> you don't know the name of this. The Serpentine Leader.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I do. Though.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, but no, I do. No. I do. There
1: can be
3: only I one do. possibility. Though. I know.
1: I know.
2: I know. I know.
1: The day I bring in Yu-Gi-Oh! I the know. Snake King is the day that Taro gets a gun. And that'll be a great day. Again, it's
2: pronounced Yu-Gi-Oh the Snake King. And Taro already has Ugao, a gun. The Snake so.
1: King. I mean, technically a magic wand is kind of a gun. Yeah, in a way,
0: yeah. If you just Thaumaturgy a, ba- a bang when yeah. you use it.
1: <laughs> Magic but with a Thaumaturgy bang every time. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> machine gun bang.
2: sounds. Always <laughs> love <lots> to <of> thaumaturge <laughs> a bang.
1: That's very good. Okay, so. Uh,
0: my, my, my queen, might I be allowed to uh, re- return here uh, when I like to try and try and crack this, this cipher to try and understand it?
1: Perhaps. Perhaps after the firemouth i need to see that you can be trusted and also that we can work well together
2: of course has queen youtube noticed (laughs) that loads of stuff is missing that's
1: a very good point actually
2: Mm. I, i just told on myself i know i just snitched on myself but
1: yeah it's fair though she is very focused on that and does not seem to notice anything is missing because she rolled a four wow mood yeah you get the sense nat that she is very pleased to have found somebody who is equally interested equally um on her level when it comes to like academic ability and academic interest and somebody that she can kind of like Show off to a little bit and teach and okay. kind of show what she's been doing here for years and years and years. That's the kind of sense that you Somebody get. Somebody with really pretty eyes <laughs> uh-huh. who can do the mood lighting. Kind of bar. <laughs> Who's had a bar? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So your downtime comes to an end, Taro. Very important question for you. What plan, if any, have you come up with with Lua and the the other two?
2: I think the the only plan is that Lua wanted to like find out what Eusebius was gonna try and do next, right? That was Lua's whole thing. Yes. From what I remember, did Lua find out what Eusebius is gonna do next? Okay.
1: So what Lua has managed to work out over the course of like the next day and a half, with you being there, you get fed, you get watered, you are generally looked after. What Lua has found out is that there is something, some object or creature or something maybe in the fire mouth and that Eusebius has knowledge of it and that Eusebius is going to seek it out in some way and try and do something with or around it. They haven't managed oh. to get like exact documents and they are working from a kind of like difficult cipher to, to, dis- to kind of get these documents out but she is definitely... She has done a couple of things that the sides have spoken of already that they are like putting, they've got like, you know, like the it's always sunny and like they have the pinboard with the red tape everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're kind of doing that to things the sides have said and things like Eusebius has done. A couple of examples that stick out is that she has respilled blood in the blood sands and that she is using the sword Ardell and also that she got, she brought back the scythes. And so they are pretty sure that she is doing something in the firemouth to to do with whatever is in there. And the prophecies are all kind of like... Or, or the sayings of the scythe rather, which are kind of sometimes framed as prophecies, are all to do with the endless nights and the kind of untold horrors that might happen
2: there and then. Huh. That sounds... <laughs> good so i think what taria would lay out here is that like we're not going to flip the guards because we don't have like cash to pay them off and they benefit from this hierarchical system uh the the people here are still too kind of downtrodden to really do anything about it right
1: there's also a sense that the people have not suffered the people as a whole have not yet suffered an injustice great enough to warrant the risk of being executed for dissent.
2: Yeah, so I don't think we're gonna have like a gra- like that kind of a mass uh, civil disobedience mm. because people still gonna get owned. And I don't think we could fight our way into the into the barracks and take her out. So I reckon that we the sh- Tara would say that that they should go to the Firemouth and see if they can work out what this thing is that Eusebius wants.
1: Okay. And if
2: they can steal it.
1: You do know that Eusebius is heading to the Firemouth. Are you? Are you going to try and go? Do I? Yes, you do. Because well, they they she said it in the speech, and they will be telling you what she said in the speech. So they they know about Nat, and they know that Nat, or well, they think that Nat is on her side at least, and they know that they are going to the Firemouth. She did say that in the speech.
2: Okay, so I think in that case, Tara said that we should go there either before she gets there and see what's going on quickly, or we should go there and wait for her and see if we can catch her unawares or in a moment of vulnerability.
1: Okay, you are going to need to make me a persuasion check with disadvantage for that, uh, because they can think of nothing more terrifying than trying to scale into a volcano and catch their their terrifying queen even with your alien technology.
2: So they just want to lose. They just want to lose. They just want to stay here and like wait till she gets unlimited power, and then what? Then what?
1: They are pushing more towards like how Lua was wanting to do something with um, your ability to impersonate her and to kind of wake up the general people is what they're pushing for. But they will follow you if you if you fair enough if you roll high enough. I,
2: I will. I will attempt to persuade them with my with my great plan that will yeah uh, make us all be in the same place.
1: Yeah, except now
3: Nerium. Nerium has her own thoughts.
2: Can I use my magic lucky dice to re-roll one of the dices that I don't like from this pair?
1: Yes, you can. And I'm going to roll a d20 and tell you if it's advantage or disadvantage. So roll roll one of them again.
2: Okay, 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 okay. Um.
1: So if it's 1 to 10, it's disadvantage. If it's 11 plus, it's advantage.
2: Whoa. Oh, it's an 11. Sweet. So that would make it a... The 23, 23. Holy shit.
1: Yeah, okay. 23 with disadvantage. You put forth your argument. Are you going before or after?
2: Oh, before. We're going we're gonna to try and get up there as fast as we can.
1: Okay, and to 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 ambush her there.
2: Hopefully before, and if we can't get that early enough, we'll hide out there and wait for her to up. Okay. Actually, that's a bluff plan anyway. We're going to hide out by the firemouth, and we're going to wait and see what Eusebius is doing up at the firemouth.
0: Okay. Bring, 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 bring. Uh, Hello?
2: Hey Nat, <laughs> how's it going? Uh, it, it's
0: going alright. Um,
2: so here's the plan. What we're going to do is. Oh, hang on, one sec. Why is Queen Eusebius going to the Firemouth?
0: Uh, I don't know, to be honest. Um, though, I'm beginning to think there might be a chained serpentine Lord of the Jackals uh, entombed in lava.
2: Okay. Uh, well, here's the thing. Uh, me and some friends are going to hang out. And when I give you the signal, we're going to jump Queen Eusebius. All right. Got Wait, it. Time's I've got an up. Idea. Oh, See you oh. later.
3: It's all right. I can still hear you, Nat.
0: I've got a plan. If we want to kill her, I think I've got a plan to do it. Nat. Yeah?
3: If Taro's going, I want to come too. Okay. I know I'm not very helpful, but oh no, I'm, I'll try.
0: I'm sure it'll be helpful, especially for going to try and assassinate the Queen.
3: Maybe, maybe running a little bit before we can walk. I'd quite like to know what the situation likely to supplant her is, but um, she—I mean, she does have to go. She needs taking down, and I suppose at the moment you're kind of like the next best thing. Oh, alien invasion.
2: Well, wow. she did say apprentice, right? I've heard that from my mutual friends. We might why not frame it like an alien invasion.
3: No, no, but like it would be. Taro, how'd you fancy? how do you fancy being king of Tembrin?
2: Uh, if I have to, yeah, it sounds all oh, right. You can, you can,
3: oh, yeah. <laughs> you can just about manage it, yeah?
1: <laughs> okay, so, Taro. Yep. I would like you to make me one last persuasion check, and that is to see if you can persuade the other two as-of-yet-unnamed rebels to come with you, or if it's going to be you and Lua.
2: Okay, Lua's
1: cool. ride or die. Lua's now into this plan.
2: As a persuasion, right? I got yep. an eight, yep. so I think it's just me and Lua. It's
1: you and Lua. So you and Lua head out the night before, You get out from the city using the tunnels, using the running. You appear somewhere out in the slums and then you make your way up to the fire mouth. It is a climb that is difficult. There is a road that has been kind of like chiseled into the side of the volcano, but it is not an easy climb. And when you get to the top, it's kind of like I was always imagining it as like a cartoon type volcano. So like you look down and then like however many like Hundreds of feet below you is the bubbling lava. But what you do see is this kind of like carved into the side of the volcano, like this winding staircase that like doubles back on itself. You know how like they cut them into the side of the mountain zigzagging going down?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. One of those that goes down. But there are, you can see like kind of like caves and holes in the side of the volcano on the inside of the crater that Nat, you have actually also seen in your dream. These kind of like caves and holes
2: I think I'd like try to follow it to the logical conclusion okay. of like where she would end up okay. to do what it like where I think she would end up to do a cool plan. Okay. How far down that tunnel are you going? I guess pretty far, right? I think I'm trying to go to like where I think she would end up. Okay. Only because I think it makes for a better thing. Like okay. yeah. This is this is me Ed going like it will be a cooler it's it's less cool if like we jump her on the staircase than it is if we jump her at like some interesting place deep in the mountain or whatever
1: so as you are climbing down this staircase which is if we're going to lord of the rings it it's the towers um with the nazgul in it the way you climb up to shilob's cave like it's that kind of staircase mm. um it's that it's,
2: doesn't help me i'm really sorry i
1: know but it helped me it's basically a very difficult to climb staircase that's all Minas <laughs> Morgul. Yeah, Minas Morgul. Thank you, I forgot the name. Um, And as you are climbing down, you get to this final cave that sinks into the dark. And as you take your first steps forward, you get this like, deeply ominous feeling. Just this like, like a bass note in your bones of dread. As you step into the dark and it's kind of lit a little bit by the glow of the magma and it's like hot, you are sweating and it's got these like nasty sulfurous like grimy smells to it. And as you keep going down, one thing does catch your attention and that is there is traces and little bits of like sand like dust on the walls and the ground and as you like bend down to touch them you kind of recognize this and there is actually something about this cave that feels familiar it's got this almost like honeycomb-esque feeling to it and as you lean down and you like touch it this is familiar. You have seen this before and it is the same kind of sand-like dust that was in the cave where you woke up in. And as you look around the walls, there's something about the stone that's also reminiscent and familiar. And as you make your way deeper into this tunnel, you find this room that is being carved into the rock. And what catches your attention is that in the middle is this kind of altar-like thing statue that is just covered in old dried blood there is a tunnel that goes further into the cave but it is blocked up by rocks some of which have clearly been moved it's it's like a work in progress to unblock that thing and there's plenty of rubble around for you and Lua to like hide behind dope okay get my hide on cool you rolled a 14 is that right
2: yes that's right
1: okay Cool. I'm just going to make a note of that. I was hoping that.
2: you'd have forgotten, but, <laughs> no. but... Hey, Tara, what face are you wearing? I think I'm still in lizard mode. Okay, that's good. I quite like being a lizard. It's growing on me.
1: The next morning comes round. Natalia, you are brought to the palace and you are shown to Queen Eusebius, who is wearing all of her finery
3: like she was wearing for the speech. Uh, Nat, am I coming with you, obviously, or am I coming with you stealthing after you?
0: Oh, up to you.
3: I think... If I stealth after you, there's a risk that I fail a stealth check, so I'd rather come officially officially as your assistant. I'll I'll
1: carry bags or something. Roll me a persuasion check with advantage, Nat.
0: That is a 17.
1: She rolled a Nat 1 to deny you the thing that you wanted. So, uh, yeah, you get to bring Nerium. You
0: cannot (laughs) deny me, you see?
1: (laughs) You get to bring Nerium as your handbag, basically. is kind of how she's viewing Nerium. (laughs) Uh, And you are led with this armed escort out of palace and there is kind of like a parade that happens as you go down the palace road you go out through the fire road and some of the guard peel back at the gates of the fire road and kind of head back but you are still with like a personal escort type guard and it's bright beautiful morning it's hot you are walking under the sun as i said she is in her full regalia and she is like clearly full of nervous excitement as she leads you towards the base of the firemouth. And when you get to the base, a couple more of the guards peel off again and take up, like, watching posts. So you have about, uh, let's say, you have six with you as you scale the side of the firemouth. And when you get to the very top and you see this staircase going down that is identical to the dream that you've had, four more of the guards are waiting at the top and two are following you down the staircase. And as you make your way down to this final tunnel in the in the rock you get the same feeling of like just dread in your bones this kind of again this like someone's hit like a bass drum beside you and it's like reverberated through you of just like dread and horror and as she and as Eusebius like steps into the tunnel the two guards take up posts on the stairs like outside on either side of the entrance to the tunnel and she turns back to you and there is this flare up from the magma and the lava that lights her in these like golden yellows and oranges and the light shines in her eyes and you can kind of see the flames there as she grins and she goes let's change history